here. Christmas has started for me. It, it, it wouldn't start without being with you, and I want you to know that, and that I really do take seriously the, the scripture that we get to share, because I'm here once, and you really think about what, Lord, what text, what do we want to say to folks that are in this church today that would be your word for me for a year until I get to see you again? What do I want you to remember? And so that's why we have this text. Let's listen to the word of God. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but not, have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. Love doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Have you heard that before? Raise your hand just real quick if you've ever heard that. I kind of thought so. You know, we call this the wedding passage. For 35 years, every time I've done a wedding, they want to hear this passage of Scripture. And it's always the same thing. The bride is beautiful. The bridesmaids are almost as beautiful. The groom is scared to death. And the groomsmen are kind of dorky. I mean, it's in every wedding. And I always tell them the same. T- I know you have things that you tell everybody you marry. I, we all have this. I tell, I tell the groomsmen, I, you have two things you have to do. I want to see right hand over left, and I want to see teeth. And that's what I have to tell them all. Listen to it one more time, because I want to see what happens when we do this. Just listen to a little bit of this. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. Love doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Doesn't rejoice in the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And you read that and the young couple's always looking into each other's eyes. Now, don't raise your hand. But how many of you reached over and held somebody's hand when I was reading that? How many of you just took a glance at each other and kind of smiled and turned a little pink in the face? And how many of you were just staring straight ahead? And he's not talking about him. That ain't her she's talking about. You know, the great thing about this passage, Paul was writing this to people who didn't like each other. Imagine that. They didn't like each other, but he's telling them what love is all about. And so the first thing I want you to hear this morning is if you're walking on marshmallows and you're just gooey sweet in love with each other, that's great. If you're at a place in life where you're staring straight ahead and he was not talking about him... That's okay. This passage is designed to help us kind of get back on track wherever we are in our spiritual and our love lives with people. Because this is what we call a because of Jesus passage. You preface this with because of Jesus, we have love. Because of Jesus, we have hope, we have faith. Because of Jesus, we have love. Now, if you notice at the beginning, he talks about if you've got all these things, but you don't have love, there's just not much going on. Let me ask you something. Who has this Bible? Do I have it? Don, do I have this Bible? I've got this Bible, right? Do I have all of it? Okay. Now, if I hand it to you, who's got that Bible? Do I have it? Who's got it? Does he have just the New Testament? 
He's, did you have just the Old Testament? No, he's got the whole thing, right? Pay attention to this. This is very important. You have that Bible now, right? You got the whole thing. Where does love come from? Jesus. We love because God first loved us. So, so did God give you just the uh, or did he give you the whole thing? Did he give you the uh, the eh? Did he? Shake your head. This is so simple, but it, it's going to make all the sense in the world if you just stay with me. Does God give you just the uh? No. Does he give you the uh? No. Does he give you the eh? He gives you what? Say the word. Love. Gives you all of it. Huh. Now, do you remember what we just said about love? <laughs> love is not boastful. Love is patient. It's kind, believes all things, bears all things, it hopes the very best. Do you hear that? You know what that means? That means that you have those attributes in your being. No, 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 no. You don't know him. The last thing he is is patient. Or you don't know her. All she does is put me down. She never is encouraging and she never builds me up. She doesn't have that. Oh, yeah, you do. You just said God gave you all of love. And we just read that love is made up of patience, kindness, optimism, encouraging, forgiving, hope. We were just reminded of all that. God gives all of that to you. You have that in you. And if you're one of these people that sits there and thinks, you know, Ben, if you knew me, you would know that I, I am not by nature optimistic and I'm not by nature very encouraging and I don't have any patience. Yes, you do. What you're really saying is, You've never sat down with the Lord and tapped into it. And you've made being impatient or rude or negative to your spouse a habit. And a habit can be broken. Instead, you have within you the gift God gave you of love. Three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is? This morning in Sunday school, I introduced you to a guy named Charles Johnson from Texas. I call him Nacho because we give everybody nicknames and it just seemed to fit him. He's a huge man who wears a bigger cowboy hat. I've never seen such a big hat on such a... He's your size. I mean, that's all I got to say about that, doesn't it? You might be bigger than Nacho. I may have to start calling you Nacho, Josh. That's all. With cheese. There you go. We made the rounds of one of our hospitals in the Congo. I've done it for 30 years. And you make the rounds and you take pictures and, and everybody is drawn to that part of the hospital that's little kids. You just naturally are. And for at least the 30-something years I've been doing this, we have a ward where we, we put the children who, who are so severely malnourished, they may not make it. There, there's no nice way to say it. That's what's wrong. And you go in there and these children are always shrunk up just like in the pictures that you see. They have huge eyes that look at you. They're very tired. I, I don't know if you know this, but you can watch a mother try to feed a malnourished child good, healthy food. The children will push it away. Did you know that? They push it away because at some point their body is just too tired to try to eat. We have other things we can do after that, but to watch that happen is heartbreaking. And I watched this little boy just push his mom away, and we photographed, and, you know, everybody talked, this is sad, I'm sorry to see this. We went on about our day, and that night back in the guest house where we were staying, Nacho came up to me, and he said, did you see that little boy? And I said, yeah. If you were in Sunday school, I showed you his picture today. Charles said, did you notice that little boy? was sitting on a piece of discarded formica. 
he, he didn't have a mattress on his bed. And, and I have to confess, I, no, I didn't notice that. I, I just, I've seen it so long, I've seen all this stuff so much, I didn't notice that. And out of his faith, Charles goes, you know, I want to find out why that is that way. And he went to our hospital directors and we learned that they had had an Ebola virus scare. Ebola is a terrible disease. They thought it was coming through the hospitals and five hospitals burned 375 mattresses. We got children starving to death on discarded pieces of formica. You saw his picture. He is a great big boy, just like this one. And he's got a great big hat. And it got under his skin. And he said, I just, I can't live with that. I just can't accept it. He'd never been to the Congo. He hadn't got a clue what he's doing. Has no idea what he's thinking. But he had faith. And he said, I can do something about this. And Nacho started something he decided he would call Mattresses for the Congo. And he came back in August. He found out 375 mattresses is going to cost $25,000. To get them 600 miles into the jungle is going to cost another $25,000. But Nacho had faith. And oh, y'all, guess what? (laughs) Thanksgiving Day, we started shipping mattresses. Job is done. Say amen. Amen. It's because Nacho had the faith he could do that. I showed you more pictures today, and one of them, oh my goodness, is Monique Masinga. If you're a Presbyterian woman, raise your hand. Presbyterian women, so is Monique. And most of the men in this place know whatever you do in life, don't make the Presbyterian women mad at you, right? Say amen. Gentlemen, say amen. There you go. Monique realized something that's pretty common. And also hard to tell you. Single mothers in many developing countries are thrown away. That's how you describe it. They're thrown away with their children and they end up working the streets. That's the nice way you say it. And they're subject to abuse and disease and AIDS and all the horror you can imagine. And I've got a friend named Monique Masinga, who's a Presbyterian woman in Kinshasa. And boy, is she strong. And this just got under her skin. She would drive down the road and she'd see these women on the streets. And she came to us and said, I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't stand it. There's more to life than this. And I've got hope that we can do something about it. Let me tell you what she did. She asked for our help. Monique has created a whole staff and a program. They take women off the streets And they keep them for nine months. And during that nine months, they're educated in French, geography of all things, finances, life skills, Bible and evangelism, and sewing. And it cost me 250 bucks for each one of these women. At the end of that nine months, guess what? They're given a sewing machine and all the equipment and the business skills, and they are set up in a real business looking after their families. And this woman has taken 138 women off the streets, given them self-respect, self-esteem, and the hope that comes in Jesus Christ. Give me one more amen. Isn't that amazing? Just because it got under her skin. With Charles Johnson, just because it got under his skin. But you know and I know, you can't beat chickens. You just can't beat chickens, can you? Last friend is Lorraine Shatungu. 
Lorraine lives in Zimbabwe, a country that's controlled by a horrible dictator named Robert Mugabe. Did you know in Zimbabwe, to buy one single Coca-Cola cost 126 billion Zimbabwe dollars. That's one Coca-Cola. Lorraine was married to a famous artist in Zimbabwe who died of a stupid disease. It left Lorraine and her family and the five other families within their family with no one. And all Lorraine had was a family that she knew in Birmingham, Alabama named the Selmans. And for years, they'd done like so many of us do. We tell each other, we, I love you, love you too. All right, I'll see you, man. I love you. See you next year. Yeah, I love you too. And they remembered, they'd said they loved each other. So Lorraine let them know that her husband had died. And the Selmans contacted me and told me this woman's story. And I said, what does she want to do? He goes, she's not sure. Let's ask her. But she's got a big family. She's got to support. And when they asked her, her answer was, you know, you can't go wrong with chickens. (laughs) Makes sense to me. So they came to us and said, let's do this. Let's help Lorraine start a chicken farm in Zimbabwe. Robert Mugabe has that country under his thumb. So Lorraine, who speaks a language called Shona, named her chicken farm Shingai. It's a great word. Shingai means strength. And that's her way to give it back to Mugabe, that she's not going to be beaten by her husband's death, impossible economy, a dictator that wants to squash everybody because she's got a family that she loves And that loves her. And guess what? She did so well with her chicken farm. She has five different trucks out delivering chickens now. All over Harare, the capital city. She did so well at that, she opened a chicken restaurant. She did so well with the chicken restaurant, the landlord tripled her rent. So she closed it and put the guy out of business. (laughs) She's not going to mess with that. She's not going to let somebody do that to her. And now she still has five trucks out delivering chickens. And she's supporting all of her extended family for two reasons. Number one, you can't go wrong with chickens. Number two, her love for her family. Oh, there are three things that remain. There's faith, there's hope, and there's love. And what's the takeaway for us? Two things I want you to think about today. The first is where we started. God does not give you uh. God gave you love. And with love comes patience, kindness, optimism, forgiveness, strength, hope, the ability to build one another up. And if you've never gotten off by yourself and admitted to the Lord that maybe, maybe I'm not very good at building up my spouse and the people I love. Maybe I complain more than I praise. Maybe I don't have a very big vision of you, Lord. You have that in you. You've just never tapped into it. Ask God to help you tap into it. That's the first takeaway. And the second takeaway comes from a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a wonderful theologian who had a great way to describe us. He said, most of us as Christians go through life timidly trying not to sin. And we think that's what Christianity is all about. He said, no, it's not that at all. Christianity is all about courageously and actively fulfilling God's will for your life. Hear the difference. 
Christianity is not about timidly trying not to sin or break an egg or drop something. That's not it at all. Christianity is about courageously, what a great word, actively, what a grand word, discovering God's will for your life and doing it. You may not like me for telling you this, but I'm going to. From now on, for the rest of your life, when you see yourself in the mirror, when you see yourself in a reflection on a piece of glass, I want you to remember these three words. Burden of hope. Say that with me. Burden of hope. What does that mean? It means every time you look at yourself, I want you to be reminded that because of Jesus, you carry on your heart the burden of hope that says to the world and your family and the people around you, because of Jesus and what he's done in my life and what he's doing in my life, then I am part of the answer. I'm not part of the problem. And wherever you go, when you want life to discourage you, when people around you are falling to pieces, you are the one that must carry upon your heart the knowledge that because of Jesus, you are the one that's part of the answer. You are not the one that's part of the problem. For the three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, and because of Jesus, we have faith hope, and love. As you wrestle with this, take home your homework sheet. Wrestle with it a little bit. God bless you as you do. You stay strong. Merry Christmas. And God bless America. Let's pray together. Well, Lord, I've gone through life just being impatient and thinking that's just the way I am. You don't live with him, Lord, or you'd know how hard it is to build him up. (laughs) You don't live with her, Lord, but you hear it every day, don't you? And yes, Lord, we settle into a routine that says that's just how we're going to treat each other and it's how we're going to treat the folks around us. And today your word reminds us that you gave us love and with love comes patience and optimism and forgiveness and the ability to build up one another With love comes strength and courage. With love comes faith and hope. We hear about Charles Johnson and Monique Masinga, Lorraine Chitungu. The amazing things they do. May they place upon our hearts a burden of hope. As you remind us, Lord, that because of Jesus, we're part of the answer. We're not part of the problem. And in that we have our faith, our hope, and our love. For Jesus' sake. Amen. God bless you.